dear listeners, welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I'm your host, Jason Johnston Yellen, and here we are once again on a weekend afternoon together. And who's the together with? The inimitable, which he really does like the sound of that. And as we learned, the indomitable Joshua Hatton. Good friend, business partner, longtime participant in the pod. (laughs) The indomitable? Indomitable. 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 I'm going to have to look at a dictionary a little later. Yeah, I I I was torn in my introduction between abominable and indomitable. And I, I kind of just blended the two together. Figured it'll all come out in the wash. You know, if this were a longer podcast, I'd go on a <laughs> tangent about other words we could be using. And I tell you a whole story about hard drives and, and something else. But it's not that kind of podcast. This is a tight uh, 30 to 35 minute podcast. That's it. And if you were to start talking about hard drives, we'd have to make some double entendres about that. So we got to... <laughs> we got to stay focused in this one, Joshua. It's not easy. It is hard. But here we are. We are the men of the moment. Mm-hmm. In, in, this, in this podcast, if you're new to it, and why you'd be new to it, I, I don't know. I think this is our seventh time of, uh, of producing an extra, extra episode. Maybe. Might, might, it, might be, it might be seven. That's what I just said. All right. Might be eight. <laughs> this is what the weekend feels like hello everybody (laughs) we're having a jolly good time you won't guess it but we have some things in our glasses um an extra extra either joshua or myself whosoever turn it is will bring a news article to the attention of the other one we'll read through it in the first half of the episode and then we'll discuss it in the second half of the episode and as joshua already pointed out we aim for a tight 30 to 35 minutes. It's not easy. It really is hard. We could do this. I think we can. I think we can. I think we can. <laughs> so I want to I read through the article while we're sipping on our whiskeys. Okay. And then before we go into the discussion, we can have a little reveal of what we've been sipping on. My article is from The Guardian. It was authored by James Tapper and published... On Saturday, June 13 of Mm. 2020, which was a mere seven days ago. You and I have been going back and forth, right? In the beginning of Extra Extra, we covered a few COVID lockdown articles and and we were kind of aware of not retreading the same boards. And so I was very happy to see an article that is not only about something else, but is also a lovely breath of fresh air. Oh, in I the like industry, that. I, yeah, love I thought you would. The fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. When when I when I saw this article, I thought this would be a nice one. So so from the Guardian, the title is "Whiskey is back in favor," because it's the Guardian. Favor has an O and a U, oh, which Jesus. personally makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Whiskey is back in favor, and now women are calling the shots. Oh, I like this. Okay. Yeah, we have we have to give a uh, a little shout out to James Tapper on that one. James calling the shots. We see what you did there. Oh shit! I didn't see what he did there until you showed yeah. me what he did there, and now I can't yeah. see that. Yeah, oh. and interestingly, the lead photo is of Gillian McDonald, 
Okay. At the Pinderin Distillery mm. in 2003, before her move to Glenmorangie. So it's interesting that we've got this very current article. Whiskey's back in favour, women are calling the shots, and the lead photo is from 2003. But it, it's beautiful. The Pinderin casks mm. mm-hmm. just look phenomenal. And then Gillian is eyeballing the whiskey in a white lab coat and nothing says professionalism and thoroughness like a lab coat in a warehouse at a distillery. So (laughs) subheading, female drinkers have a new favourite poison and are also increasingly involved in running distilleries. We begin. Whiskey, like cigar smoke and musty leather armchairs, has been linked with masculinity for decades. But change is afoot. Women are drinking and distilling whiskey in ever-growing numbers, while men are switching to other poisons. Hmm. Yeah, and I'll I'll say this. Disappointingly, James Tapper does not list those other poisons. So, Well, yeah, because you leave it open like that, it could be arsenic, right? Right. Right. Cyanide. (laughs) Mercury. (laughs) We're done with this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interestingly, the author does talk about whiskey without a knee, and so my guess is... He's sticking within that one tight scotch category when saying men are switching to other poisons. So as much as we in the United States might think about the rise of bourbon or, or even world whiskies, I think for, for James here, the author, I think for him, this is a tight article about, well, I, I guess Pinderin is photoed in it. So you know what? Carry on. Yeah, right. I think that's the best answer. Women in the UK now drink 40 million more glasses of whiskey a year than they did in 2010. Holy a rise of 15% compared with a decline of 6% among men. According to the market research firm Cantor, K-A-N-T-A-R. Sounds like a heavy metal name. Cantor! <laughs> If you saw a heavy metal band come on the scene and yeah. that was their name, you would not doubt it for a second. Yeah, no, I saw them on on the cover of this issue of Kerrang! magazine. Beautiful call out for Kerrang! Well done. Because when I see capital K, Cantar! It got me thinking about capital K, Kerrang! <laughs> We're of one mind on this one. So so here we are, 15% rise in, uh, in whiskey drinking among women and a 6% decline. In men, which you see market research, I always wonder who were they asking, who were they not asking, how were they generating, how do you know a bottle being purchased is for a woman as opposed to a man. I've always got questions around this, but we will trust the judgment of Cantor in this instance. Sounds good. Changes have also taken place behind the scenes, where distilleries are far more likely to have a female distiller or blender Balancing flavors. Mm-hmm. And flavors is with an OU, which makes Jason happy. Here's a name you'll be familiar with, Joshua. Laura Davies. Oh, yeah, sure. The head distiller at Penderin Distillery in the Brecon Beacons. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta love that combination. Yeah, the Brecon, Brecon Beacons. Beacons. Said that when she first started making whiskey nine years ago, it was rare to see a woman at the pot still. And then there's a quote. Nowadays... The scene is completely different, she said. We have a lot more females in the technical and the frontline roles. 
A lot more distilleries have got those females as the figureheads of their business. Mm -hmm. Not because they're nice to look at, but because they know their stuff. And in our discussion, I want to pivot back to that very line. Because I think it ties in perfectly with our whiskey and festival ethos. Ah, And it was was good to see uh, Laura Davies bringing this up. Good. Davis's predecessor at the Welsh whisky maker, Gillian MacDonald, became the head of analytics and whisky creation at Glenmorangie. And there are plenty of other women in leadership roles, such as Rachel Barry, master blender for the Benriac Distillery. Also take note that that's just the name of the company. Rachel Barry's also in charge of what comes out of Glendronach and Glenglassa. So there's three distilleries in that portfolio yeah, yep. that, that Rachel is, is the master blender for. Uh, and then also named Stephanie McLeod, master blender for John Dewar. Mm-hmm. The article goes on. Others have founded distilleries, including Heather Nelson's Tulvadi and Alison Park's Bren Whiskey. Oh, yeah. Nice. Good friend, Alison Park. Mm-hmm. Well, Penderin has always had a female master distiller since it was founded in 2004. A name missing here... I just need to throw this in there. Penderin was founded in 2000. It was actually so, founded in, in 1999 and started distilling in 2000, but... So could there be a number there that the 2004 is, is drawing James' yeah. attention? That's when they released their first whiskey. There you go. There you go. I always love that. When you see those discrepancies, I'm always saying to myself, what was it about that number that drew them? And Mm. so there you go. First release in 2004. Exactly. I think it's good to point out a few names that the previous paragraph missed. Right? So so one name that's that's near and dear to, to our hearts is Kirsty McCallum, who's with Glenn Murray and and The woman behind Cuddy Sark. She's the woman behind Cuddy Sark, behind Glenn Murray, behind Label 5 Blend now. Before that, mm-hmm. she was the person who redesigned Le Chig and Bunahaben and the Deanston whiskeys. And there's one more name that I want to add, and that's Christine Campbell. She became the master blender at the Macallan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, and that, that was a big change for the Macallan, so... Yeah, yeah, anyway. no, that's that's beautiful. No, that's some excellent tidying up that we're yeah. doing of of James Tapper's Guardian article. Yeah, and, and actually, um, her title is whiskey maker, uh, Christine Campbell. Whiskey maker. Whiskey maker. Yes, that's a broad title, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And so we we continue in the article. Now we've done some tidy up. You're welcome, James. Having women in leadership roles helps further the appeal of whiskey. Davies said, and here's the quote. I think that it's more acceptable. You feel there is a place for you. Mm. And and I think that's something worth doubling back to in our second half discussion as well. Yes. Yep. So so a couple of pieces from, from Laura Davies that we can come back to there. So continuing the article here, and we're about halfway through it at this point. Yeah, we're halfway through. The whiskies emerging from Taiwan, South Korea, and Japan are an important part of the cultural shift, according to Alwyn Gwilt, who began blogging as... Alwyn G. Oh, yeah. What, oh, what, what, what was her title? 
Was she just like the whiskey late? No, the whiskey last was. That's, that's yeah, you're, you're on the right path. Miss yeah. Whiskey. Miss Whiskey, that's it. In yeah. 2011. Yeah. And then we have a quote from Alwyn. Whiskey was seen as very much a masculine drink. The pipes, armchairs, and stuffy old school feel, she said. Quote, quote continues, but there's been a revitalization in the past 10 years. In Japan, for example, it's not seen as a male or female drink. It's something that you go out and enjoy. In Tokyo, you get whiskey on draft and in highball form with your fried chicken. Hmm. Gwilt, who left blogging in 2016 to become brand ambassador for the Balveni, mm -hmm. believes that the rise in new distilleries has helped women gain a foothold in the industry. And then she's quoted, A lot of people now go to Heriot-Watt University to do distilling, and there have been more female applicants there. The Irish whiskey industry has boomed all across Europe, and that means there are a lot more opportunities. Hmm. And then we return to James for the last couple of paragraphs here with one more quote from, from Alwyn. Whiskey has not always been seen as a male drink. Women played a central role in distilling in the US until Prohibition. And Fred Minnick's book, and I loved the I loved as soon as I saw Fred's name here, it took me right back to one of our very early episodes where we covered Fred's article that was in yeah. Forbes. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I thought it was just a lovely, lovely little bridging there. Uh, Fred Minnick's book, Whiskey Women, charts the lives of many female distillers into the 1920s and beyond. And I have Fred's book right beside me here, and I haven't yet read it. And so seeing it in this article, I'm going to boost it to the top of my reading list. Good. And uh, I Good. really want to get into that one. Good on you. Yep. So fi final, final paragraph here. Uh, the bulk of it is a quote from Alwyn again. The whole Mad Men era changed things, Gwilt said. Brands like Cutty Sark and Jim Beam were paired with the rise of masculinity, the cowboy and the male executive. Mm. Whiskey became an aspirational drink served by a beautiful woman. Final sentence. That era, she said, has come to an end. Mm. And so the third thing that I'd like us to pivot back to uh, in our discussion period is that move that Alwyn made out of blogging into Balvenie mm -hmm. and how that level of influence mirrors our influence as we moved out of blogging and into our independent bottling world. Welcome to part two of Extra Extra. Joshua, we teased earlier that we would be sipping some special drams. Yes. <laughs> and, and honestly, by special drams, I really just mean drams. But we'd be, we'd be sipping on some special drams during the reading of that. What have you been enjoying? So what I poured was the, well, it's, it's a wild turkey rye. It's not one of the single barrels that they do, but it's their standard six-year-old. Bottled at 45% alcohol, and I'm actually pouring a second dram because you, you, you spoke long enough, it allowed me to finish my first dram, and so I just poured a oh. second one. 
I would prefer to say I spoke as long as I needed to. Yeah, I think that's what I said. <laughs> um, I, as you point out, was reading the article and didn't sip uh, overly much. I imagine I'll be sipping a little more during the, the discussion portion here. Um, I poured uh, a whiskey that's been, a, a ton of people have been reaching out to me about, have you tried, have you seen, what do you think of? Hmm. Ardbeg, wee beastie. Uh, I have a bottle, I just I haven't opened it yet. Should, <laughs> I should, bought six. <laughs> should I should I open it? Should I pour that? If your glass is empty, yeah, well, go for it. I, I'll just I'll just pour my rye back into the bottle. Yeah, I, I think this is such a, a lovely little treat here. And I've seen people some people are getting it for forty dollars, some are getting it for forty five, some are getting it for fifty. But my comment is the age, the price. Uh, and the strength are just just perfect uh, and make for such a wonderful little dram. Five years old, 47.4% alcohol. Ooh. And it's, it's a young, not overly abrasive, but wonderful example of what young Ardbeg can do. Oh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everybody hear this. There we go. Mm-hmm. So the three things I want to return to. Number one, Laura Davis saying women have positions not because they're nice to look at, but because they know what they're doing. Mm. Number two is once women occupy those roles, other women move into them and feel like there's a place for them. I think that's usually important. Yes. And then number three is what we alluded to, the Alwyn Gwilt transition from blogging to brand ambassador for the Balvenie. And mm-hmm. there's some aspects of that that I want to unpack. So mm-hmm. so returning to point number one there, you and I, with the Jubilee, took a, took a strict stance. Mm-hmm. Do you want to articulate what that was and, and really the occasional struggle that we ran into? <laughs> yeah, well, well, so you and I ran the Jubilee from 2012 through to the end of 2018. And we had, from the very beginning, a rule put in place for any exhibitor that, A, the person behind the table needs to be able to talk about the bottles on the table at length. So they could be with the distillery or maybe with the distributor. It didn't matter. So long as if someone came to the table, they were able to answer the questions. I don't care who you are, as long as you could answer the questions. What we didn't want was for a big company just to hire a pretty girl in a small black dress or a handsome guy in a nice tight suit. We don't need eye candy. People, right? We, and, and exactly. I remember talking with Susanna Skyver Barton years ago, and I, I had said, I'd said some sort of a quote, and I'll paraphrase myself, but she said, ooh, can I, can I quote you on that? And I, the, I basically said, you know, we can go three hours without looking at boobs, right? <laughs> right. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. And look at the role that Susanna herself mm. has now taken on within Whiskey Advocate and, and that online presence for them. You know, if, if you've now got a woman who's also in charge of some editorial mm. decisions, 
maybe we'll get to hear from more women within mm-hmm. the industry as well. So, you know, I, I think that's that's all part of a rising tide and it, it makes me very happy. So, so, so I love that. I love that Laura herself was able to identify this idea that it's not just because men are looking at women, but because women are bringing expertise mm. to the table. And that's, that's all we ever wanted from the Jubilee. In talking about Susanna there and talking about looking at different worlds that okay. have a place for you, you know, you and I talk back and forth about our company, our kids. You've got two girls, I've got two boys. My two boys, and, and oftentimes when I'm talking to them, this will come up, is we've got a long history of young boys who grew up in their father's footsteps within the whiskey industry and took over whiskey mm. leadership roles because their dads sure. paved the way for them. You're in a position where in having those exact same conversations with your two girls, you don't have a, a long no. history to draw upon. Um, wh- one that comes to my mind would be Alan Shane and, yep. and his two girls with Scotch Mall Whiskey Side of America and Cara Lang, now following mm-hmm. uh, Fred yeah, Lang's those are two really good points. Yeah. At Duncan Taylor yeah. in Glasgow. But, you know, I, I've got... Uh, the nose on my shelf, Richard Patterson's uh, biography slash autobiography, written, co-written with Gavin Smith, um, and, and and I've 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 shared stories out of that book with my boys, and that's Richard Goddamn <laughs> Patterson, right? And so so the the women that I I feel like within that history that you're able to show your girls uh, are both are because there's Shane's two daughters. And Caroline is is the one daughter. They're still young women. They haven't had a chance to establish a long history for themselves. And so I wondered in reading this article what it's like for you when you talk to your girls about our company and the future and, and people for them to look at. Do you get the sense that your daughters feel like there's a place for them? Well, I can tell in this you industry? that... that- that they really don't care, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, they, they really don't really? care. They don't have too much interest. However, however, they have heard me speak about, you know, some of the inequalities within the industry and, and some of the, the, the strides that people have taken to, to course correct some of those inequalities. And... You know, I just try to put our industry within within the greater world, and and you know, whether it's our industry or politics or you name it, women are always at a disadvantage. What I like to point out, however, is some of the strides that we're seeing are these women are now the names making the whiskey. That yes is still a man's. It's not a man's drink, but it's still predominantly drunk by men. But it's now created by women. It's more and more being created by women. And I think whether it's coming from me or the reading about it or they're hearing about it, it's important that women keep seeing other women in positions of power. Exactly, and that's why it's 
you know, my, my 10-year-old is all over this company. He and I talk whiskey a lot, and we talk about some of our business decisions a lot. Like, he asks what's going on within this. And so, you know, if, if your girls have no interest in whiskey, yeah. that, that's tickety-boo. But I would hate for them not to have interest because there's no role models or they don't see a future for yeah. themselves within that industry. If they... If they if, if it's simply a nod of interest, that, and that's, that's it. They don't come to me saying, oh, boy, daddy, I wish I could do what you're doing and giving me the opportunity to tell them, well, actually, you can. And here are some great examples. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. they do their mm-hmm. thing. I do my thing. And, you know, I want to rather than have them meet me on my level, I'll meet them on their level. And maybe at some point they'll meet me on my level and, and we can have those deeper conversations. And I, I know you and I, and I love you and cherish you and I know that you are, I'm just making this point out loud, keeping mm-hmm. that door open for them and letting of them course. know that they can oh, walk course. through it. Yes, yes. Is, yeah, and, and I know you are. And I just wanted to say it out loud. Um, let's transition into the, the last part of the discussion here. You and I, when people ask us about, you know, our role models in this industry or who inspired us in this industry or how did you even get blogging in the beginning or you know, what led to you transitioning from blogging into being independent bottlers and, and having a larger role within the industry? Independently, you and I always reference sure. Sam Simmons. And in reading through the part of this article with Alwyn Gwilt blogging as Miss Whiskey in 2011 transitioning away from blogging in 2016 and joining the Balvenie, for me, that's that's the Sam Simmons yeah, story. Yeah, it, it mirrors right? it. That's, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? that's what you and I talk about all the time. And, and my great hope in reading this, because, you know, Sam Simmons, like us, is an old bastard now, right? And, you know, he, he'd spent a couple of decades plowing his own furrow. And you and I have spent, Christ, a decade, you know, going from starting blogging to starting the company to operating the company, right? I, 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 I've got a birthday coming up next weekend and I, I'm starting to feel longer in the tooth. But my hope, again is that young women seeing Alwyn's path can start alluding to, rising to, being inspired by that woman who was blogging Mm -hmm. as Miss Whiskey, who made it into the industry and is now blazing a trail in the industry. What you just mentioned there takes us back to what I was just saying two minutes ago. When, when thinking about my daughters, whether it's the whiskey industry or politics or being a business owner or a movie maker or a comedian or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It is so incredibly important for young women to see successful women within all facets of industry. And, you know, this gets me to thinking back you know, just, just how, how impactful a woman's presence can be. Somewhere around 2011, 2012, if you remember the, the Buna Haben line, uh, which, you know, their standard age range, 12, 18, 25 years old, it was all coming in at 40% alcohol, maybe 43% alcohol. <laughs> I'll never forget you ringing me up one time, right? And saying, I saying did. Joshua, have you had 
the Boone Hobbin 12. And I had a <laughs> bottle on my shelf, and, and I said, yeah, I have it. It's, it's good, but it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not a go-to for me. It's, it's good, but I, I, don't, I don't love it. And you, and you said, what's the ABV on it? And I think it was 40 or 43%, right? That was it, yeah. Yeah, that became how you <laughs> talked about it in, in that and year. And you said, yeah. okay, no, 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 this is all wrong. Go out and find yourself a bottle of the 12-year-old that's 46.3 alcohol. It's the new version. And I said, yeah, so the extra 3.2%, whatever it was, makes a difference? And at that time, I think we only thought about it as difference of ABV. I think, you know, looking looking back mm-hmm. now oh, yeah. with a more educated perspective and it's new casks and, you know, fresh yeah. casks and so forth. And anyway, that Bunahab and 12-year-old went from, it's an okay whiskey, to, holy crap, that's an inspiring 12-year-old. That is a great whiskey. And that was Kirsty McCallum. She revamped Bunahaban and Lechig yeah. and, and Deanston. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is what I want. This is what I hope women will see. This is what I hope companies will do when they'll put a Kirsty McCallum front and center. They'll put a Kirstine Campbell front and center, a, you know, so on and so forth. We have to wrap this up, which is how I think we end every extra extra. But there's one point I want to pivot back to that, that you just made a few moments ago when you said it's important that women see other women in these positions of, of power, authority, you know, selection, importance. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. I just want to add, there's also a subsection of men who need to see them in those positions as yes. well. And I can't help but think back to uh, the interview we had mm-hmm. with Jennifer Nickerson talking about her brand, Tipperary, when she talked about pouring yeah. at the Jubilee, a place where we did not allow models and people had, you could be as good looking as you wanted to be, but you had to be able to talk about your brand. And a man asked her over the table who he could speak to who actually knew the brand, who knew how to talk about the brand. You know, you know, it's, it's the old version of can I speak to the manager, right? <laughs> yeah. Can I speak I to the, the man manager. who knows yeah. things? <laughs> Right. It's my brand. I'm in charge. And so and so I so I really do speak to that subset of men who also need to know that the woman who's staffing that table knows that brand inside out and yeah, back it, to front. Let me just add this. I and we may or may not keep this, but in a way I I don't know if the term feel bad is correct. But I can only imagine what it must be like for the Allison Parks of the world, for the the Jennifer Nickersons, for the Alwyns of the world. You know, you name it, the list goes on and on, where they're they're not just incredibly knowledgeable. They don't just make whiskey, but we are human, right? They're attractive women. And you get these men, this subset that you talked about, that just see, okay, I just see a pretty woman. I don't see a whiskey maker. No, no, no. Don't make your assumption. First ask the questions. If you get an answer that's like (laughs) they're not pronouncing things right or what have you, but don't just make the assumption because that woman is attractive that she doesn't know what she's talking about. Because good chances are she probably does know what she's talking about. 
yeah, we could we could go down this path mm-hmm. for a lot longer. And as we say every week, we're going to adhere to the rules that we put in place for ourselves. And we're going to get out. out. (laughs) My glass is empty. The conversation is at an end for the moment. Joshua and dear listeners and women of this wonderful industry, I bid you all adieu. Until the next episode, Joshua. See you on the flip. See you on the flip. Chin chin. Cheers. Overnight, oh, that overnight. was the product of Kirsty McCallum completely revamping the line. If they... Hold on one second. Spirit, shut the fuck up! We can't have doors open anymore because he just... Or windows. He's just like, meow, meow, meow. Fucking hell. I've never seen you move so fast. <laughs> okay. He's gonna fucking cut. So I don't think you'd quite finished your thought on Kirsty McCallum. No. So.